We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Are you crying? No. Are you crying? Are you crying? There's no crying. There's no crying in baseball. You think football is still fun? Uh, yes. Sir. Yes, no. No? Sir, sir uh, it was fun. Not anymore, though, is it? Is it? No, not by No, it's not fun anymore. Not even a little bit. Just look at that. He hit the fucking ball. That gets a free steak. <laughs> you having fun yet? Oh, yeah. I'm having a blast. Thanks. Good. All right, welcome back to Big Screen Sports, the sports movie podcast, brought to you by Blue Wire Podcast. I am your host, Kyle Banduho. Welcome into the first episode of October, which I'm I'm pulling a little audible on. Uh, not quite what was planned. We have some great stuff on tap for this month in October on Big Screen Sports. Uh, we've got Over the Top coming, probably the the premiere movie on arm wrestling truckers. Uh, we've got Love and Basketball as selected by our wonderful Big Screen Sports Patreon group, and then we're we're wrapping up Ted Lasso season two. Uh, we've got the you know the, the penultimate episode coming later this week on Thursday, and then wrapping up with a a finale, an extraordinary finale, going to have some good guests on that, some return guests, looking forward to that. But um, as for today, if you're listening to this, the the day of, day day it drops, uh, that would be Monday, October 4th, 2021, for reference. Uh, 25 years ago, day of, day of this dropping, so October 4th, 1996 we were blessed with that thing you do one of my favorite movies a movie i've covered on this podcast as you're going to hear here later in this in this episode if you haven't listened to that before but a a foundational movie for me movie i absolutely i revere it's one of my feel-good movies it's just something that i always go back to it's something that if me and my wife can't decide on something to watch on a weekend we we turn on that thing you do it's a just if you haven't seen that thing you do, what are you doing? Um, and you know, I know this is a sports movie podcast, but there's there's nothing better. And and since since we, you know, that thing you do is the 25th anniversary, since we just covered Almost Famous, it's a great time to to shout out some fictional bands. Before we get into fictional bands though, I want to again shout out that Big Screen Sports Patreon group. No new patrons to report at time of recording, but we do have, you know, we are over halfway to the initial Patreon goal to to start doing live movie rewatches, maybe a, a live chat on Discord or something like that. I hadn't I I'll I'll figure that part out when we get to it. 
But I'm um, very grateful to everyone who has joined the Big Screen Sports Patreon group, participated in all the stuff we have going on in there, um, you know, voting on movies, patrons' choice topics covered by the podcast. The post is now up for patrons to nominate for a November movie, and, and patrons' choice episode is up. And as always, I want to shout out our producer-level patrons. That is Aaron Figueroa, Mike Schubert, Steve Rogers, Kevin Frost, Mike D., Ryan Yeager, Mike Dries, and James Kowalewski. Uh, biggest shouts to them. And Again, huge thanks to everyone who's gone to patreon.com slash big screen sports, supported the show. You get other other benefits, episode notes, scheduling updates, stuff. You know, when I know, you know, you get stickers at a certain tier. It's a great looking sticker. And also, if you're a member of the Patreon, you get to kind of participate in, in something of a spur of the moment episode like this, pulling down, you know, back the curtain a little bit um, between work and some other stuff and some travel I have going on. Um, getting, getting the October slate ironed out perfectly wasn't quite, wasn't quite in the cards. So I am, I'm pushing the, basically pushing the entire slate back, but wanted to, um, you know, wanted to take this, this episode, this Monday to kind of dive into something that we, we've been covering. We, we talked about, you know, we talked about almost famous last week with Brian Gill. And then on this podcast, we have covered a lot of, a lot of music movies, music oriented movies, but covered them as they were sports movies. I don't, besides like almost famous, a lot of the movies we've covered that have to do with music. I don't really, they, they operate in the same kind of format as sports movies. They, they carry a lot of the same similar themes. You know, we've done school of rock. We've done pitch perfect. Uh, we've done whiplash recently with, uh, with Mike Schubert, another kind of recent music episode. Um, music movies and sports movies go really hand in hand. And I just figured, you know, I, I, had, I had put in my phone calendar the 25th anniversary of that thing you do. I don't know when I did it, but I got a notification on my phone and my, my calendar popped up a week ago. It was like 25th anniversary of that thing you do. I wanted to do something for it. Um, I did, didn't plan far enough ahead to, to have another retrospective. But uh, if, you've, if you've read the show notes, I am going to have the, the best scenes of that thing you do later on in this podcast, something that I had already recorded on the original episode when I covered it with uh, with Brandon Walker, but wanted to, I, I threw it out to the Patreon, uh, you know, it's pretty spur of the moment, pretty last minute, but kind of what are your favorite fictional bands, uh, fiction, I guess fish, fictional artists, because we, we got some, we got some submissions like that as far as what the best fictional artists in, in movies, and it, it's kind of interesting, it kind of happens in two different categories, there's the, you know, sometimes there's a, an artist that, that has made movies. I always go back to CB4, the Chris Rock movie where essentially they recreate NWA. It's kind of, it's a, it's comedy. If you haven't seen CB4, it's very, very early Chris Rock, but they don't really have any unique music to them. They, they rip off straight out of Compton in the movie and stuff like that, but it's not really a, original music. And then you have the movie or fictional musicians where they put work into the music. And I, I think that's that's what makes that thing you do such an incredible movie is that they have an actual hit song. It sounds like a hit song. It ended up being a hit song in 1996. And it, it's something that, for me, it, it stands out more than just the, as much as the characters themselves is when a, you know, the, the, the music that they create for the movie actually comes through and is something like you like to listen to that goes to if you are a big lost fan uh think of dominique monaghan's character his band drive shaft charlie's band drive shaft 
I can still, it's been way too long since I've done a lost rewatch, especially, you know, season one, but I can still hear that song. You all, everybody in my head and that it lends this level of authenticity to a, to, you know, a fictional band, fictional artist, whatever, when it's you, it's, it's like watching a, it's like watching someone who knows how to pitch in a baseball movie. It's like, oh, you can believe that they were actually good at this, or they're actually famous, or their music is actually hit, because like, you can you can hear it for yourself. You know something that that is good, that sounds good. It's like when Stillwater is is doing Fever Dog and almost famous. That you you feel that we we've seen that. We know you know we've seen real rock bands on stage performing hit songs, and like to us, like that comes through in movies. So I wanted to throw it out to the Patreon, you know, hey, what are your favorite fictional movies or uh, fictional bands, fictional artists and movies? Got a couple responses back and a lot of them mirrored my list. And then shout out to Ryan Yeager, the patron. He's a producer level patron, but that guy loves movies more than I think anyone I know. And he came through with kind of like the, the Bible on fictional bands. And so I'm going to kind of run through that along with some of the other submissions we got. So I'm going to lead off with uh, what patron Danny Weiser commented for a couple of reasons. Uh, Danny is the host of the Rank Kings. It's a podcast. That they do exactly what they say. They, they rank things. Uh, and they did an episode on ranking fictional bands. Uh, I'm going to be on an episode of the Rank Kings as long as we can get the scheduling nailed down. Uh, but that, that should be coming at you, I believe, later this month. I have to check in with Danny. But uh, the, the podcast, Danny's podcast is going to be in the show notes, uh, the, the podcast that they did on the their fictional bands over at the Rank King. So if you're, you know, if you finish this episode and you're like, I need more fictional band content in my life, I think I think Danny's episode is going to dive a little deeper on that. But so his his top five, he, he gave the top five, and I will admit I have not seen. So he said, we're not a band from Hearts Beat Loud. I haven't seen Hearts Beat Loud. Sing Street from Sing Street. Haven't seen that. Uh, three interesting ones kind of rounding out that I can speak on a little. So he he picks the Moss Eisley Cantina Band from Star Wars. I didn't realize they actually had a name. Uh, Figrin de Anne and the Modal Nodes. That is news to me. I didn't realize, I mean, I should have guessed. I think everything in the Star Wars universe is a lot deeper than what you see on screen. That that fanhood rolls deep. But that is, yeah, that is um, that is news to me that they were actually named. Uh, he, also, he also puts in the School of Rock. So when I was putting together my own list or thinking about my tops, uh, for me, you know, Stillwater and The Wonders come one, two. But I was, I was like trying to rack my brain without looking at lists to think of something. But I didn't think of the the band from school of rock at all i didn't think of i guess the students plus jack black uh that song again that song at the end slaps it's something that's that's really really good so i can't argue with that and then he's got the clash of demon head from scott pilgrim aka that is brie larson singing black sheep which slaps actually paused recording this to go on youtube and watch that um, that is my favorite part of Scott Pilgrim. I enjoy, I really enjoy Scott Pilgrim. I think I enjoy it in retrospect because Roy Colkin, aka uh, Roman Roman Roy from Succession, is in it. But um, I, I'm not as diehard on Scott Pilgrim. But I, when I saw that, I was like, yeah, the black sheep scene. Sign me up. That's great. So um, appreciate Danny cluing me in on, on his favorites and, and reminding me to go watch that, that video of Brie Larson singing Black Sheep on YouTube. Again, his podcast is going to be in the show notes, so go check that out. Uh, go subscribe to those guys over there. Uh, they do they do great, great work. I'm very, very excited about um, our collab coming up. So 
Uh, more on that in a little bit. Um, shouting out to producer, heading over to uh, producer patron, patron number one, Aaron Figueroa, my guy. Uh, he he starts off with the wonders, said that thing you do absolutely slaps, plus the scene of Liv Tyler running down the street may be the happiest scene ever filmed. If you've listened to this podcast before, you'll know that exactly my thoughts. That is when I need something to make me happy, to pick me up, I go to Liv Tyler running down the street when they've, yeah, they've heard the band, the band comes on the radio, uh, you know the scene. If you've seen that thing you do, you know the scene. If you haven't seen that thing you do, go check it out. It's the best scene. Then it says Stillwater, the epitome of a 70s rock band. Bonus points for Russell Hammond inspiring my Halloween costume. Uh, that is, that is a, according to Aaron, that is a Halloween costume that is coming. Uh, so you can follow him at TeacherAaron26 on, on Instagram for that one. But I'm not going to spend too much more time on Stillwater or The Wonders. I mean, just did a podcast on Almost Famous. Go check out last week's show. Uh, here's another one, though, that, that Aaron reminded me of that I had completely forgotten about. Otis Day and the Knights. Otis Day. He loves us. Uh, just a really fun part of Animal House. Love that lead singer actually created a real band after the fact with the same name. Now, the only thing, Otis Day and the Knights, they're great. Shamalama, Ding Dong, and Shout. But Shout is, you know, Shout is the Isley Brothers. Uh, so, you know, it's, it is, you know, I don't think that gets dinged. The Shout is an incredible scene. The Shout scene in Animal House is just a banger. Just an absolute, absolute banger. Uh, but you know, not not our not an original song, but they they created the band for the movie, and I'm I'm here for that. One of my favorites. Uh, he has a dishonorable mention though. The Zack Attack from Saved by the Bell was the absolute drizzling shits. I've never heard the phrase drizzling shits before. I will now be using the phrase drizzling shits. As always, big thanks to Aaron. Love hearing his thoughts. Love it when when any of the patrons chime in. When I throw out these these prompts, it is it's great to get input from other people. And that's where I come to my guy Ryan Yeager, who has been pretty much a day one of this podcast. Recently joined the Patreon. Um, he his movie knowledge and he's like got this encyclopedia brain of movies. And so I throw out, hey, what are your favorite fictional bands? And he runs through this incredible list. So I'm going to run through this, give some of my thoughts, but he, he did a top 25, which I, I respect the hell out of this. Um, some of these are ones that I've seen. Some of these are ones that I completely forgotten about. Um, but I, I appreciate how, how detailed he was. He starts out. So number 25, Bo Hutton from country strong. This is one that would have gone completely over my head. I wouldn't have even thought about it. Because country, I mean, country strong is kind of rewatchable, but it's also kind of forgettable. But Bo Hutton, who is played by Garrett Headline, has that song. I don't know what it's called. I think it's called "Remember When" or something, um, something like that. But it's I, I don't really love country music, but it's it's excellent. It's a really really good song. It's I always go back to I wish country strong had been better because I feel like we get a different next 10 years from Garrett Headland. I really like Garrett Headland. Um, he goes Wild Stallions, uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Violet Sanford from Coyote Ugly, Zack Attack from Saved by the Bell, so Ryan and Aaron will be uh, will be having, having words. Number 21, Freddie Fredrickson from That Thing You Do, a.k.a. the guy who plays uh, Zack and Cody's dad on Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. That's what I know him from. And he, when it's that scene in the movie where it's like, oh, Mr. You, you know, the record for Mr. Downtown, the theme song for Mr. Downtown was my first, uh, you know, was my first ever record. And then it goes into Freddie Fredrickson singing Mr. Downtown, which again 
it sounds like a 50s TV show theme song, and it's like, it's catchy. Mr. Downtown, that's the, that's as much as I'll ever sing on this podcast, but uh, that was that was a great pull, great pull by, by Ryan. Uh, he goes into the Lone Rangers from Airheads, shout out Sandler, Buscemi, uh, Barry Jive and the Uptown Five from High Fidelity, Spinal Tap from This Is Spinal Tap, Jesse and the Rippers from Full House. I wish I was as... Uh, as good looking as John Stamos, fun aside. California Dreams from California Dreams. Rabbit from 8 Mile. Uh, that is also always a fun YouTube clip to pull up. Uh, Eminem just just murdering Papa Doc at the end of 8 Mile with his with his lyrics. Robbie Hart, the wedding, the wedding singer, one I would have totally forgotten about. Um, folks, where does where does uh, where does the wedding singer rank in that that Sandler run? You know the run I'm talking about. The from I guess Billy Madison to Let's call it Deeds. Let's call it Mr. Deeds. Maybe stop at Big Daddy. Wedding Singer is probably three for me. No, maybe it's four. I think it's I think it's Happy Gilmore. I think it's Big Daddy. No, no, it's Happy Gilmore. It's Billy Madison. Then it's Big Daddy because I'm a real you know been a I'm a big softy. And then I think it's the Wedding Singer. But I really like the Wedding Singer. Anyways, Huff and Doback uh, at number thirteen for Ryan. Billy Mack from Love Actually. So Billy Mack is great. Bill Nye is one of the best parts of that movie. But I think as Alex and I went into with uh, with one of our, our prior Ted Lasso recap, the Christmas episode, uh, Love Actually kind of fucking stinks. I'm anti-Love Actually. So rolling in at number 11 for Ryan is Rex Manning from Empire Records. Fun fact. I know what this reference is. I know that Rex Manning Day is a big thing in Empire Records. I've never seen Empire Records. I know it was a cult classic. I know people like it. I've never seen it. It's on the list. Stars Ethan Embry, or stars Liv Tyler and Ethan Embry, who are both in that thing you do. So I should check it out. I haven't. Uh, at number 10, Josie and the Pussycats from Josie and the Pussycats. Uh, Dewey Cox from Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story. As funny as Step Brothers, if you're talking John C. Riley comedies. As funny as Step Brothers. Quote me on that. You can quote me on that, sir. So at eight. He's got Fire Saga from Eurovision, the story of the Fire Saga. I That is the Will Ferrell, Rachel McAdams. I did not check that out. Ryan, if you listen to this, I hope you listen to this because you put all this effort into this great list. Do I need to watch this? You have been eight, I would assume so. Uh, Greta James at seven, be from Begin Again. Jackson and Allie Main, A Star is Born. School of Rock from School of Rock at five. Then he's got his top four. The Wonders from That Thing You Do, Goat. Uh, the Soggy Bottom Boys from Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Uh, great, great movie, great choice. You know that that music is just just a little old, just just real, real old. Uh, they're a lot of fun though. Clooney, that just a, I mean, it's it's the Coens, it's the Coens, it's what they do. Rachel Marin from The Bodyguard. This is almost cheating, Ryan. This is almost cheating, but I'm a I'm a you know because it's Whitney Houston singing "I Will Always Love You." Just incredible performance. It's kind of cheating, but I'm going to let it fly. Number one, this this choice is a perfect, perfect, perfect choice. It, it validates everything else on this list, no matter where you think, you know, may, maybe he had someone ranked too high that you didn't think so, or someone ranked too low. But he's got Connor for real and the Style Boys from Pop Star, Never Stop Stopping. Just perfect movie. Uh... Probably my favorite. Well, I, now I say I, I was about to say my favorite Lonely Island, but but like Hot Rod, Hot Rod's coming up on the show soon. I'm not telling you when, because you're not a member of the Patreon. And if you are a member of the Patreon, 
I'll tell you when I schedule it. Haven't scheduled it yet, but Alex is going to be Alex McDaniel. She's going to be on that one. Um, but yeah, Connor for real and the style boys pop star never stop stopping. is so, so goddamn funny. Um, if you haven't, and you like, if you haven't checked that one out and you like hot rod or you like any of the lonely Island digital shorts, anything like that, like get to that sooner rather than later. But I, I, I bow, I commend Ryan Yeager for sending this list, saving me a ton of, I'm, I'm not very good at ranking stuff. So this is, is, this is the best I can do. I will say I will fire my top three. Uh, it's the wonders. They're, they're my favorites. They're my day ones. Uh, my mom had that, the record, the actual wonders record when I was a kid. And I thought it was a real, like an old band. Uh, so they're one, uh, Stillwater is two just Stillwater is almost it's it's because of the it's because of the movie as much as as much as the band it's a movie it's Jason Lee Jason Lee is Jeff Beebe he is uh he is perfect and for my number three I'm I'm really just picking them because we haven't talked about this yet whatever Russell Brand has turned into with his podcast he gives me anti-vax vibes he I don't know what he is now but Infant Sorrow, Aldous Snow, Russell Brand, and Forgetting Sarah Marshall split my sides with how funny he was. Uh, we got to do something all-time classic. Um, this is mostly just because we haven't talked about him yet, but I'm going with that as number three. Consider that spot interchangeable. Ryan listed 25 great options. Um, big thanks to big thanks to the, the few folks who chimed in. Um, we'll, we'll have a, a further, a big patron's choice episode coming out later this month. Had a lot of great contributions for that one that I'm looking forward to getting to. Um, you know, glad, happy to do this. This was, uh, this was something that, that kind of came up in, in terms of, of, uh, some scheduling stuff not going right. So thought it would be a good way to pay homage to that thing you do. Uh, still get an episode out to you folks here on this fine Monday. I'm going to finish up by, we're going to take a quick little ad break, and then going to go into the best scenes of That Thing You Do, which was an episode I recorded last year, uh, pretty early in the pandemic, with Brandon Walker from Barstool Sports, who is a huge fan of That Thing You Do. We talked about the movie, uh, put out the the episode, I think it was I think it was in the pandemic, I don't know, it, it was a while ago. Uh, and if you want to listen to that full episode, it's in the feed. It's pretty evergreen. Not a whole lot, um, you know, not a whole lot changes folks. And, um, yeah, so we're going to get into the best scenes of that thing you do after this ad break. If you like that, you know, that clip and you haven't go back, listen to the whole thing. It's one of my favorites. And, uh, if you're on Apple podcast, rate, leave a review and tune in next Thursday or this Thursday for uh, episode 11 of our Ted Lasso season two rewatch. Thanks for listening. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Let's roll into best scene. Uh, there's a lot in this movie, I feel like. There, there's not really any dead space in this movie. No, I, I, I think it's a, it's not a very, it's not a bloated movie at all either. It, it, it kind of says what it's going to say and gets on out of there, what, you said an hour and 47 minutes, so I don't mm-hmm. think there's any bloat here. Yeah. The first one I've got is, uh, is the talent show where you see Jimmy's kind of lame-ass song become a hit in front of your eyes. I love the talent show scene. Yeah, the Mercyhurst College talent show. I, I... I, I love that scene. It, it, it's uh, it, it starts laying the it even starts laying the foundation of Guy and Faye right there, which we'll get to later, I'm sure. But because Guy's girlfriend Tina is just a complete drag, and immediately you want to see a lot less of her. But Guy taking that stage, and the second they they start to sing, and he you know he hits those drums way too fast. Jimmy freaks out, but Lenny Lenny, who's kind of the backbone of the whole operation tells him no it's okay this is awesome let's go and slowly but surely you see kids wait this sucks no it doesn't let's hit the dance floor and and they're off and running it makes me smile every time i watch that scene guys look when he's playing this song when you can tell he's not trying to show up anybody he just gets lost in the moment and the music and he's got the musical wherewithal to know where this should go and jimmy who we kind of spend the whole the whole movie praising his talent does can't really see it and it's just it lays it lays a lot of basic foundations for the movie while also remaining just a fun scene to watch i love that on the ride home when guys he guys just jabbering on to his girlfriend and like she doesn't care but he's basically saying that the song isn't a ballad it's upbeat and he did that intentionally i i love that they they add that in the next scene I've got is signing the management contract in, in Phil's camper. It's another one of those milestones you see the band hit, those like checkpoints of success. Are you going in chronological order? Going in chronological order. Okay, I think you've... No, no, okay, you're right. You haven't skipped it. I, I Definitely, you're going to get to it. But I do think you skipped one that I would like to bring up right now. Yeah, bring it up. I, I think the the paying gig at Villapiano's and... Oh. Watching them go from kind of Villapiano's being sleepy and empty, they do two gigs. The first one... 
Um, not a lot of people there. And the second one, packed out. Everybody's there. There's girls wanting to talk to the band and kind of a precursor to what's coming. Yeah, that that is a good one because uh, they have the, the number one fan is there, that guy from the talent show. Yeah, no, you're right. And that's where the actual guy from the talent show is there, and that's where uh, the manager, who's about to come in, Phil Horace, comes and sees him for the first time. Mm-hmm. The signing the contract in Phil's camper, it might not be my favorite scene. It's got one of my favorite quotes, though, which we'll get into. The next scene I've got is is it's like the I think it's the happiest scene. It's when the yeah. song comes on the radio from the yeah. second you see Liv Tyler's face as she's licking that stamp. It is it's incredible. I think it's probably the the scene of the movie. Um, she's walking down the road. She 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 realizes it. She's got the ear, ears in and she hears it. And she her face is great. She runs. She finds TV player. His face is great. They go. They get guy and just one by one, you watch these kids' dreams come true. And every single emotion is. It's just. I, I say it's three and a half, four minutes, and it's just. It's like you put a smile to film, and that's what it was. Got a new record out. Just won the Mercyhurst Talent Show a couple of weeks ago. This is Erie's own It's it's an iconic scene for this movie. It's if the movie just had, I, I don't think the if the movie had been like a gigantic hit, this would be a scene that's up there with any in movie history. It didn't become a big hit. I think it got more popular later uh, as, you know, kind of a nostalgia looking back. But it's not a big hit movie, but if it was a big hit, this is the scene that everybody would remember. I don't understand why this movie isn't on, like, TBS all the time. Because you don't lose a lot. You wouldn't have a lot censored. It's like when Superbad is on FX, it makes no sense. You lose half the movie. This movie is like the perfect cable rewatch. I don't get why it's not, like, why it hasn't had that second life. Yeah. Because it's aged really well, too. That's a very, very good question. I, I, I don't know the answer to that. I, I think this is the perfect. And I they do show it on the premium movie channels a lot, which is where I catch it. But you're right. It's not on basic cable, and it, and it should be perfect for it. Yeah, you think it, it would give it the second life. No, you got two hours to fill on a random Tuesday night. TBS put it on, and, and it's going to be entertaining. And I'm throwing that shit on right away. Yeah, if I see it, no matter where it's at, this is my ultimate stopping and watching movie, whatever I'm doing. And I'll sit through commercials for it, like you bet. It, it just, I it, I wish it would come on more. Uh, my next scene is when they, when Phil takes Guy to meet Mr. White at the Chinese place, and yep. that's just because... Hanks right away. He's smooth. He's smart. He sells, but he doesn't oversell Playtone, yeah. which is really good. And that scene kind of, it, it's twofold. It kind of transitions right into him prepping the band after signing and that you can start feeling the band and the movie's pace really quickening. He has like the, the line, like the nice suits cause you're nice boys. And, he, and then he gives guy the shades. Yeah. So this is where the movie goes from small time to big time. This is where they go from from you know just hoping to play some music on the weekends to now they're being they're on the fast track to stardom. Tom Hanks is key to that, and you're right. The second you see Tom Hanks, you know the movie's gotten or the 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 rise of the wonders has gotten serious and it's about to take off. And they transition into that dressing room. He lays out the law, so immediately you know, all right, this guy is the boss from now on. Now we got a movie. Yeah, and it doesn't take long to get there either. Doesn't the, take long the rise at all. Nope. of the wonders. Doesn't take long at all. Then flash forward to Guy's night at the blue spot. 
He's like, he's too naive, but he's also just comfortable in his own skin, just not to be embarrassed about nerding out in front of his idol. And he's, yeah. he's just like drunk as shit. It's like if I ran into Joe Maurer at a bar, I'd be in shock. And Guy is just rolling with it, just not a care in the world about embarrassing himself. So his, his hero is Del Paxton. Guy is, guy is not a rock and roll guy. He's a jazz guy. And he's in a rock and roll band, but he what he dreams most of doing is is playing jazz, playing jazz with with Del Paxton, who's his hero. He goes to a jazz club, which um, I know we got a character later. We'll have a category about who the best bit part players were, and I've got three of those. And Del Paxton is one of them. Del Paxton's great, and guy goes to this club, and he does. He acts like he's starstruck, but he is able to get some wisdom out of the man. It's it's it it's really a it's kind of a it's a it's a scene with more layers than you think because it lays out the rest of the movie, and it's part of what it's part of what goes into why Guy is such a likable character. Like the fact that he he navigates that scene. It's not like he's navigating because he, he's not he's clearly not very conscious of what he's doing. He's just straight up yeah. nerding out. But you just enjoy how naive and earnest he is, and just genuine. He's a very genuine character. Guy has also missed out on a lot of action in his life because multiple women are really into him during the movie and he just barely notices. No, because he's all about, he's just all about the craft and he's, he's focused on music. But this is, um, you know, Guy is called the smart one throughout the movie. Horace calls him that, White calls him that. Uh, but this scene is key because he gains a lot of wisdom in that five minutes that you see him talking to Del Paxton, which he applies later on. Mm-hmm. This one, this rolls into next scene I have is the Hollywood TV showcase performance, the yeah. custom stage. It's the full song at its peak. It's at its best. You've got the TV background stuff, guys, family screaming. It's the, it's the culmination of the band. It's, I mean, it, it ends up being their high point. And it's also, it's kind of like the, uh, when the song comes on the radio, it's just very fun to watch aside from when Jimmy freaks out after. Yeah, no, it is. And it's, uh, it's clearly an homage to the Ed Sullivan shows of the past, shows like that. It's well done. I like the fact that they don't just show you the performance. They show you the other acts in the show to, to kind of nail in the fact that this is appointment viewing for people across the country. Uh, you got the uh, the astronaut Gus Grissom, who's played by Brian Cranston very early in his career. You've got um, everything. you got everything leading up to that moment. I think you got, got a guy spinning plates and doing a little magic trick. And then they lead up to the wonders and they even take you behind the scenes to show you the production company going through and do it, setting up the shots. It's just a, a brilliant scene. Super's coming up. It's time for America to meet the wonders. Let's make them look good. Go. Leo, there's a good looking kid. And go. Wolfman too scary. Go. Shay's had a baby. Go! Jimmy, careful girls, he's engaged. Congratulations, Jimmy. Hold it. And then my final my final nominee for best scene is the scene where Jimmy quits. And it's not because it's Jimmy quitting. It's Hanks' character basically finally saying without saying to Jimmy, I don't like you. I think you're a shithead. Now you do what I say or walk. He's he's fed up with him, for sure. Especially yeah. after watching what he did to Faye. He's not putting up with Jimmy's, I'm a talented artist, I'm going to be difficult shit. Yeah, no, it's it's where the band falls apart, and it's where it's also where um, Tom Hanks kind of 
gives his blessing to Guy and says, you know what, you're the smart one. And he leaves him in the studio. And that's key because leaving him in the studio kind of sets him up for kind of the rest of his life because Dale Paxton walks in. Dale tells him, hey, I think you're I think you're talented at this. And he ends up, you know, later we find out what he does with his life and, and gets into music. But it's just a, it's it's another good scene. I don't I always find myself uncomfortable when Jimmy quits because I'm even though I've seen it a thousand times. I always fall in love with the wonders again. And when they break up, uh, there's just like a tinge of sadness to it. It's a bummer. I feel sad for the, uh, I feel sad for everyone except Jimmy, because that's going to be the peak of, it's going to be the, and you find out it is the career peak for guy and Lenny guy ends up guy clearly ends up happy. He does good things with his life. It's the career peak, but I don't think it's the life peak for guy, but yeah, it's probably the life peak for the others. It's definitely the life peak for Lenny. Yeah, Lenny, Lenny has a Lenny has a ups and downs for the rest of his life. You know that for sure. Uh, Brandon, for you, what is what's the best scene in this movie? So I'm gonna I I just I got one that I want to fill in that I think you kind of skipped over a little bit. Yeah, fill it in. So it's not a scene per se, per se. So maybe you have a rule about this, but the montage of when they get on the Playtone tour, uh, they get on the Playtone Galaxy of Stars. And it starts, uh, it's just a montage where they go across the country and they go, you see them escalating from bigger crowd to bigger crowd to bigger crowd. There's even a song that Lenny sings in there that's fantastic, Come Over and Dance With Me Tonight. But that montage really shows their quick rise and it culminates in the scene I'm talking about, which is in Wisconsin. They're wearing gold suits. They're now the final act of the show. They're the biggest star on the show. Kids, uh, girls are going crazy, and I think that's the best scene of. Uh, well, that's the scene that that you didn't say that probably should have been said. When they, uh, when Mr. White lets them know that they're heading out to the West Coast, that yeah. that is a really good one. I, I now regret skipping over that one. Yeah, well, when he runs them up the, the stairs from the intro. From the intro of Freddie Fredrickson, who who says, uh, "Look out, Wisconsin! It's the wonder," and people go nuts, and that is their. That's their made it moment. They have made it. They're the biggest star on the show, and it ends with them finding out they've got the number seven record in the country, and they're winging their way to California. I, I think that's a phenomenal scene from start to finish. Would you say that's the best scene? No, I think the best scene is probably it's either the Hollywood te- Television Showcase, but no, I think the best scene is finding out they're on the radio. It's it starts with Liv Tyler. She's sending a, a, a mail, a piece of mail. She's licking the stamp. She hears it. And from then to when he says, I am Spartacus in that store, that's the best scene. Because it just captures it captures what the movie gives you, which is a great feeling. It's just, it's just joy. It's pure joy for four minutes. This movie has a lot of good scenes, but that one about them finding out on the radio, that's the only one I've gone back and rewatched just that on YouTube. I, I will watch that sometimes just to feel happy. I, I've got a lot of scenes. I I, I like to get on uh, YouTube rabbit holes with this movie and just go down and see where it takes me. It's, I mean, it's it's perfect for that. Um, let's take a quick break here from our sponsors and we will get back with the best quote. 